0: Hello, welcome back to The Wire Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCrary, and today I want to talk about my NFL draft model. Now, a few episodes ago, I introduced my NFL draft model, and I did it in two episodes. And in one episode, I broke down all of the offensive players in my model, and in the second episode, I broke down all of the defensive players in my model. Now, this model goes back to 2014, um, and it's based off collegiate production, uh, combine and pro day measurements, and draft capital. Um, And today, I want to start breaking down what my model thinks of the 2023 NFL Draft class. Now, I'm going to do this like I did the episodes when I first introduced my model. For this episode, I'm going to go through all of the offensive positions in my model. That's quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, interior offensive linemen, and offensive tackles. Now, in when I first introduced my models in those episodes, I broke down everything that went into the models and the strengths and weaknesses of my model. I'm not going to go into all of that today, so if you want to know more about my model, you can check out those episodes. Those were just a few episodes ago, so they shouldn't be too hard to find. But for today, I'm just going to break down all of the offensive prospects in my model, and I want to see what does my model think of this year's class? What does it rank historically? Go- Going back to 2014 and just I want to see what my model thinks of this year's class that's really the whole point of today's episode uh, it should be a long episode and a good one so I'm super excited so without further ado I'm gonna shut up and get into the model um, and what it thinks of this year's class so let's dive right on in so we're gonna start out with the quarterbacks um, and we'll see let me look um, sort all the data real quick Um, and here are the rankings according to my model for this year's quarterback class. So according to my model, the number one quarterback in this year's class is... C.J. Stroud, and there are a few reasons why. Um, what, A big reason is that C.J. Stroud is projected to be the number one overall pick. I mentioned that draft capital goes into my model, and for quarterbacks, draft capital is important. Now, it's not as important as it is for other positions, but it's still important, and the fact that C.J. Stroud is projected to go number one overall matters. He's also insanely productive in terms of his passing production. Um, his passing production for his entire collegiate car- career is elite. Um, he's not super mobile, doesn't have great rushing production, but the passing production is easily like some of the best we've we've seen going back to the 2014 draft. Um, and according to my model, CJ Stroud is an 82nd percentile prospect. So not an elite prospect, but still a pretty good one. And at number two, we have um, a big surprise here—not who you might expect it to be—but at number two we have Hendon Hooker, quarterback from Tennessee. Now my model loves Hendon Hooker, and there's a reason why. The data that my model uses comes from CollegeFootballReference.com, and it's not super advanced. It's got it contain my data that, I, that my model uses. Includes pass attempts per game, completion percentage, passing yards per game, and then other efficiency metrics like yards per attempt, passer rating, things like that. It also includes rushing numbers, like rushing attempts per game, rushing yards per game, rushing yards per attempt, uh, rushing rushing touchdowns per game, and rushing touchdown percentage. Um, And it looks at final season production and career production. And Hendon Hooker, according to my model, is one of the more productive quarterback prospects we've seen in the last couple of years. Um, and my model has a production score, and Hendon Hooker is in the 87th percentile, according to this production score. And that's really, really good, and that's um, like the biggest reason why he ranks so high, according to my model. Um, it's kind of surprising that he's so high in my model, because... He has second round draft capital. You would expect him to be a little bit lower because of that, but my model doesn't care. My model likes Hooker, my model likes Hooker so much that they're putting him second in this class because the production is just that good. Uh, Now, moving on to number three, we have a guy that a lot of people love, and that is Bryce Young. I love him as well. My model is a little bit lower on him than the consensus. Has him as the QB3 in this year's class. Um, He is projected to go number two overall right now. Um, He's got, when you're looking at these more basic numbers, like pass attempts per game, passing yards per game, completion percentage passer rating, these numbers don't love Bryce Young as much as the consensus, and as much as more advanced numbers like that you'll find on PFF. I think PFF's numbers make Bryce Young look like an elite prospect, and one of the better prospects in recent memory. That's one of the biggest reasons why I am such a big fan of Bryce Young, but my model doesn't look at those numbers, and so that's why Bryce Young is lower on this list. But Bryce Young is still getting really good draft capital. He's still a pretty productive passer with some rushing upside based on his rushing production. He just doesn't have an elite production profile. And that's why he ranks number three, according to my model. Now, number four, we have Anthony Richardson, a guy who right now is um, projected to go top five in this year's draft. He is, he has elite rushing production. His combine measurements are off the charts, um, and he is just a really solid pr- uh, prospect. According to my model, he is a 69th percentile prospect, um, and I I'm, I'm, I realize now that I didn't give the prospect percentile for my Uh, number two and number three QBs, according to the model. Hendon Hooker, according to my model, is an 81st percentile prospect, and Bryce Young is in the 77th percentile. Um, Going back to Anthony Richardson, uh, like I mentioned, elite rushing production, uh, super strong combine measurements. Combine measurements don't matter as much for quarterbacks, but they still matter uh, a little bit. Um, the, the passing production is not very good for Anthony Richardson, it's some of the worst we've seen among quarterbacks going back to the 2014 draft, but um, he's still getting great draft capital, um, or he's expected to, and then the rushing production and the athleticism are so good that my model does like him a fair amount. It doesn't love him, but it does like him a decent amount. Let me get a drink real quick, and then we'll get into my model's QB5. All right, so my, my model's uh, QB5 for this year's draft is none other than Will Levis from Kentucky. My model is not a very big fan of Will Levis. He is projected to get, um, right now he's projected to get top 10 draft capital. He's projected to be drafted inside the top 10. Um, but there isn't a lot to like about his profile. The passing production is pretty bad across the board. He's got pretty limited rushing production um, his rushing production in his final season was non-existent, a big reason for that is because he took a lot of sacks, um, he is a little bit productive as a rusher for his whole career, but his rushing production for his career isn't great, it's just kind of average, um, and there's just a lot of flaws with his profile, um, his production score was 14, um, was in the 14th percentile, which isn't very good, obviously, Um, the big thing with Will Levis is that he's got a big arm, he's got good size, and he's getting draft capital. The NFL seems to like him, we'll see if that's true on draft night, um, but for now, he is the QB5 in this year's draft, and according to my model, he is a 49th percentile prospect. So, for this episode, I'm just going to do a deep dive on the top five prospects and my model for each position, Um, but I will go, I'll do a little run-through through through the rest um, of the prospects. I'm just going to do a deep dive through the top five prospects for each position. Um, Going down the list of quarterbacks, at number six, my model has Clayton Toon, number seven, Malik Cunningham, number eight, Jaron Hall, number nine, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, number 10, Tanner McKee, number 11, Max Duggan, number 12, Jake Heiner, Number 13, Stetson Bennett. And number 14, Aiden O'Connell. And now I want to look at where this class stacks up historically. Um, So let me look real quick. So CJ Stroud is an 82nd percentile prospect according to my model. And that is 16th since 2014. That is just behind Matt Jones and Justin Fields. And that is just ahead of Hendon Hooker, Dwayne Haskins, and Jared Goff. So CJ Stroud looks like a a pretty solid prospect, not an elite one according to my model, but still a pretty good one, with a decent range of outcomes, um, it seems like he has a relatively high floor, but maybe not a super high ceiling, and honestly, that's how I feel about him as a prospect, I think he's really good, I like him a lot, he's probably my QB3 in this year's class, and that's just because I really like this class, I think he's really good, um, But yeah, so according to my model, he is the 16th best quarterback prospect since 2014. And then at number 17 is where Hooker falls. Um, So he's kind of in the same range as CJ Stroud. I disagree with that. I don't like Hooker as much as my model does, but my model loves him and views him as a top 20 quarterback prospect since the 2014 draft. Uh, To find Bryce Young, we got to go down a little bit, not too far, uh, but he is 20th he is the, according to my model, the 20th best quarterback prospect since 2014. He's just behind Jared Goff, but just ahead of Derek Carr. Um, and there are, here are some other quarterbacks who he ranks ahead of. Um, we got Mitchell Trubisky, Jameis Winston, Blake Bortles, and Sam Darnold. Um, the model just doesn't love Bryce Young and thinks he's an okay prospect, but definitely not a great one. I would disagree. I do have concerns about his size. But I think the production, uh, once you look into the more advanced numbers, like his PFF grade, and his PFF grading under pressure and on medium throws, it's all really good. And his ability to avoid sacks is great. Um, and I think he's got a, a, a lot of mobility, and his ability to extend plays is great. Um, but, yeah, my model doesn't love him. And I will say, um, I'll, I'll get off track here a little bit. My model should not be taking us gospel. I think the results are solid. Um, it's not perfect, and I think you should not just blindly follow the model. I think, for me, at least in my process, I'm gonna look at the model, because um, I, I think, what is the results of it are important and valuable, but I'm also watching these guys looking at some more advanced numbers from PFF And then I'm looking at what other people think about them because I think other people's opinion matters People who are smarter than me know more about the game and their opinion matters to me So I would consider that as well uh, when I evaluate these prospects. I'm not just basing my opinions off this model i look at a lot more than that. All right, let's dive back in um, Anthony Richardson is a little bit further down here at number 27. Um, he is the tw- 27th best quarterback since 2014, according to my model, uh, just behind Sam Darnold and, and Blake Bortles, but just ahead of Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones. Um, Daniel Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones were not like big hits, but they have both had kind of solid careers, nothing special, but solid careers. Um, and I think Anthony Richardson kind of fares uh, favorably to them as prospects. I think he's better, um, and in my opinion, he is he's my QB1 in this year's draft. I just think he has a lot of traits that would translate to, to the NFL, and I think he has a super high ceiling. Um, but yeah, I think that makes sense. And then down here, Will Levis, let's find him. Um, he's going to be a lot lower. He is at 43, so according to my model, he is the 43rd best quarterback prospect Since the 2014 draft. He is just behind Drew Locke and Desmond Ritter. But just ahead of Will Greer and Josh Allen. Um, So as you can see my model doesn't like him at all. I'm not the biggest fan of Will Levis. I think he has a lot of issues. Like I don't think he's super accurate. I don't think he's like inaccurate. I just think his his accuracy is okay. And that's kind of a bad thing. For a guy who's more of a pocket passer. um, A guy who's 24 years old. Um, a guy who isn't super mobile, he's athletic and he can run a little bit, but he doesn't extend plays and his pocket presence isn't very good. So, all of those things are major concerns Um, and I can see why my model has him all the way down here. Um, My model really doesn't like him at all, thinks he is way worse than where he is expected to be drafted Um, and that is shown Um, by the fact that he is, um, the 43rd best quarterback prospect since 2014, according to my model. And what I like about this is that he is around a bunch of guys from last year's class. And I think Will Levis is, is, I think that's where he belongs. I think he is similar, um, in terms of like his, where he stands as a prospect is similar to the guys in last year's class. I think those are the guys he is similar to. Um, and so it's cool to see my model have him. Ranked around guys from last year's class. I think that's pretty cool. All right, let's go back to uh, or let's go move on to running backs. I will say um, my model views the quarterback class. It likes some of the guys in the class, but it doesn't love really anybody. It doesn't see any of the quarterbacks in this year's class as an elite like can't miss prospect. But there are a few guys that it really likes, like CJ Stroud and, and um, Hendon Hooker. It also likes Bryce Young a decent amount. And although it doesn't love Anthony Richardson, it does view him as an above average prospect and someone who is like a borderline good prospect. So that's pretty cool. All right, now we can uh, finally hop into the running backs into the running back class. So let's go ahead and, and sort this. So the number one running back initiatives class, if my thing will finally filter it did. So the number one running back in this year's class, according to my model, is no surprise, Bijan Robinson from Texas. According to my model, he is a 99th percentile prospect. Um, And I forgot to mention this, but these percentiles are relative to these prospects' position. Um, Bijan Robinson is a 99th percentile running back prospect, not an overall prospect. So he's not one of the best prospects overall since 2014. But he is one of the best running back prospects since 2014, um, and I looked at and I actually tweeted about this uh, yesterday. So if you follow my me on Twitter at my um, for the Twitter account for my website, The Wire Sports, um, I tweeted about Bijan Robinson a little bit yesterday. Bijan um, Robinson's prospect score is second since 2014 just behind Saquon Barkley, and it's tied with Christian McCaffrey. So, Bijan Robinson is like a historic running back prospect, and he really has no flaws. Like, he's getting good draft capital. Right now, he is projected to go in the first round um, pretty high. He's, he's proje- projected to go in the, in the top half of the first round. He's got elite production. His production score in my model um, is 98th percentile. He's all. He also has great athleticism. His RES score was elite, um, and he's getting good draft capital. So really, he doesn't have any weaknesses. Really, he's a great runner, a great receiver, um, just a great overall back. He also has good PFF grading as a blocker. Not elite, but it's still good. Um, so I, th- I think I think I think uh, Bijan Robinson is an excellent prospect um, and one of the best prospects in recent memory. At number two, we have Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. Uh, according to my model, he is an 89th percentile prospect, which is really good. He's another guy who could go in the first round. Um, he's more of like a borderline first round prospect. Um, could, is more than likely going to be a second round pick, which would change his status as a prospect a little bit, but not too much. He's still really good. Um, a great receiver. Another guy who had really good production or who had really good athletic testing. Not quite elite, um, but still very good. He's an elite receiver, getting good draft or projected to get some pretty good draft capital. Um, I like Jameer Gibbs a lot. I'm a big fan of his, um, especially. Of of his of his ability as a receiver, and I think he is a, um, a a good runner as well. So I like Jameer Gibbs a lot. I think he's pretty good. And then at number three we have Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. I think his last name is pronounced Charbonnet. I've heard it pronounced different ways, uh, but my model views views him as an 84th percentile prospect, which is really good. Um, he's projected to go in the second round right now, um, but he's a really good prospect had uh, pretty good athletic testing, um, had a really good RAS, and his production is was really good in college. Um, he's kind of a, a guy that can do it all. He's a good runner, uh, solid receiver, got good size. He's a good athlete. I like Charbonnet a lot. I wanted him to come out uh, last year. He did not, which was disappointing, but he's still a very good prospect, and, and I like him a lot, and so does my model. All right, let me get a drink real quick, and then we'll hop into the rest of the running back class. All right, so my model doesn't love the rest of this running back class. It views the top three guys as really good in B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, and Zach Charbonnet. And then there is a big drop-off to the rest. So at number four, we have Devon Achane from Texas A&M. Um, good prospect, a young, young guy, projected to go in the second round. Um, a really good athlete. Um, not elite, uh, but he's got solid athleticism, um, had decent production in college. Um, a bit small for me. Like, I think my model likes him more than I, I will end up liking him. Um, but still he's getting good draft capital, solid athlete. Uh, he's productive in certain areas. Um, kind of has, he can run and he can catch, which is nice. And I think that's why my model likes him, but model doesn't love him. Uh, but still thinks he's an above average prospect, he is a 68th percentile prospect, according to my model, I don't know if I said that already, and then at number five, we have TJ Spears from Tulane, a guy who is projected to go on day two in the third round, but he's young, a 67th percentile prospect, according to my model, um, another decent athlete, not an elite athlete, but a solid one, um, and he had a really good production, I believe. Yeah, his production score is pretty good. Um, he's getting good draft capital. Um, just a, a really solid prospect all around. I like him a lot. He is coming from a small school, but he's still very, very good um, and above average prospect according to my model. Now let me run through the rest of of my models running right back rankings, and number six, we got Dwayne McBride, and I will say McBride's rankings can change because his pro day is coming up. I don't know if it's later this week, but it's coming up, so his combine pro day measurements are not in yet. Um, for right now, my model is viewing him as an average athlete across the board, um, but that will change uh, coming soon, and then I'll make changes accordingly. And that could bump him up or could bump him down. So his ranking could change. Just wanted to make that clear. Then at number seven, we got Deuce Vaughn. At number eight, Zach Evans. At number nine, Sean Tucker. Number 10, Tank Bigsby. Number 11, Kendra Miller. Number 12, Chase Brown. Number 13, Eric Gray. Number 14, Kenny McIntosh. Number 15, Roshan Johnson. Number 16, Israel Abedekanda. Number seventeen, Keaton Mitchell. Number eighteen, Chris Rodriguez, Sorry, Chris Rodriguez. Number uh, nineteen, Tavion Thomas. Number twenty, Muhammad Ibrahim. Number twenty-one, Evan Hull, and number twenty-two, Deneric Prince. Uh, so those are um, my models' running back rankings for the 2023 NFL Draft. And now let's talk about where this running back class stacks up historically. All right. So, B. Sean Robinson, like I mentioned, um, he ranked second, according to my model, since 2014, uh, just behind Saquon Barkley, but ahead of guys like Christian McCaffrey, Melvin Gordon, and Ezekiel Elliott. And then, moving down the board, um, Jameer Gibbs is 16th, uh, behind Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, and Rashawn Penny, but just ahead of A.J. Dillon, Javante Williams, and J.K. Dobbins, also Nick Chubb, another big name. And then moving down the board, at number 24, we got Zach Charbonnet behind Ronald Jones II, Sonny Michelle and Darrell Henderson, uh, but right ahead of Bishop Sankey, Kenneth Walker the third, and TJ Yeldon. And then going down the list, we got to go down a little bit to find Devonic Chain. Devonic Chain comes in, comes in at 46 behind um, Devin Singletary, Alvin Kamara, and Kareem Hunt but he's just ahead of Zach Moss, another guy in this year's class, TyJ Spears, and Trey Mason. And TyJ Spears comes in at number 49, um, behind Zach Moss, you know, uh, Devonta O'Chain and Devin Singletary, but ahead of Trey Mason, David Montgomery, and James Conner. Um, so some big names around here in this area, but also some guys who did not hit in the NFL. So I think with these guys in our lower uh, on the list. They have a wider range of outcomes than the guys who are higher on the list, like B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, and Zach Charbonnet. But yeah, those are where the top guys in this year's running back class stack up historically. Um, now let's move on to the wide receiver class. Um, and while this is loading, I think that this year's running back class is really good. Um, maybe not elite. I think we have a few top tier guys, like Bijan Robinson is awesome. And my model likes some other guys like Jameer Gibbs and Zach Charbonnet. But lower down the list, there are a ton of guys who are above average prospects. You got a handful, around seven. um, But it's still a pretty deep class in my opinion. I think there are are a lot of talented players. Uh, But according to my model, there are about seven guys who are are above average prospects and a few who are really, really good. All right, now we can talk about uh, this year's wide receiver class. Um, And at number one, according to my model, is Jackson Smith and Jigba. I love Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's getting a draft capital. He's going to be a first-round pick, most likely. Uh, My model views him as a 94th percentile prospect. He's got great production. Um, He had a a really solid athletic testing. Um, He's not an elite athlete, but he's very good. I mean, his agility agility drills are off the charts good. Um, I think he's awesome. If he gets good draft capital, I think there is a great chance that he succeeds in the NFL. I like him a lot. I just think he's a really good player. No matter where he plays in the NFL, I think he's going to be really good. I like him a lot, and so does my model. And then at number two, we have Jordan Addison from USC. USC. Um, Another guy who is projected to go in the top or go in the first round. He is an 88th percentile prospect, according to my model, Um, has good production in college, not great production, Um, had a pretty disappointing combine performance, was a pretty average athlete, Um, was an above average athlete at the combine, which is disappointing, but he's a guy that I think is really good. I like his tape. He's getting good draft capital, had good production in college. So he's a guy that I I like, despite not having great athletic testing, but I don't love Jordan Addison. Um, I think there are flaws in his game and with him in his profile, but my model likes him a lot and has him as the wide receiver too this year. Now at number three, my model has Quentin Johnston from TCU, another guy who is projected to go in the first round. Um, He may end up going later, but still a guy who is projected to go in the first round. He's a A guy who was uh, just okay in terms of production in college. Uh, My production model didn't love him. Um, And I think it's because my model really likes guys who are bigger and more possession-style receivers. And Quentin Johnston isn't that. He's more of a deep threat. And so my model doesn't love that. But he's an elite athlete. His athletic testing was off the charts Um, good. It was phenomenal. He's a great athlete um, who's getting good draft capital and was productive in certain areas, projects to be a, a pretty good deep threat in the NFL, according to my model. Um, but yeah, there, there are some areas of his game that my model doesn't like. Um, it doesn't like the fact that he is more of a deep threat than a, than a guy who's going to carry a lot of volume. But um, it still likes him, still views him as a pretty good prospect. Um, and a lot, a lot of that has to do with his athleticism and his draft capital. Now, at number 4 we have Josh Downs, one of the more underrated uh receiver prospects in this year's draft. He, uh, according to my model, he is a 79th percentile prospect. He's probably going to go in the second round, but um his production is phenomenal. Um he he has a production score of 80 of 81 according to my model. Um his production's really good. Let me look. Was he a great athlete? Yeah, his his uh athletic testing was okay. It was solid. I mean, it's pretty good actually. Almost elite, uh just short of that elite mark. But yeah, he's a really good prospect, super underrated. I think he is just a good football player. Um he knows how to get open. He is so good on contesting catches. Um really good for a guy his size. Um you know, he's probably going to go in the second round, mainly due to his size. Uh but I think he could he could go in the first round. I like him a lot. I think I think he's gonna be good sorry. I think he's going to be good wherever he goes. Let me get a drink real quick. Alright. Now let's move on to my to my model's number five wide receiver. And that is Zay Flowers from Boston College. So my model really likes Zay Flowers. Um has him as a seventy eighth percentile prospect. It likes him a good amount. He's someone that is projected to go in the first round. Um he d- didn't have, e- like, elite athletic testing, uh, but it was pretty good, um, just shy of that elite mark, um, had okay production in college, is a decent athlete, there are some flaws with his game, like, he is really small, didn't have elite production in college, um, but I like him a lot, I thought his tape was really good, I think there's a reason why he is going first round, he's not the, the kind of guy that is going to pop in my model, but my does view him as a, a good prospect, but not an elite one. <coughs> Alright, now um I'll run <coughs> excuse me. Now I'll run through the rest of my model's receiver rankings. At number six, we have Jalen Hyatt. Number seven, Nathaniel Dell or Tank Dell. Number eight, Rasheed Rice, number nine, Cedric Tillman, number ten, Marvin Mims, number eleven, A.T. Perry. Number 12, Keyshawn Boutte. Number 13, Xavier Hutchinson. Number 14, Tyler Scott. Number 15, Michael Wilson. Number 16, Dontavion Wicks. Number 17, Jaden Reed. Number 18, Trey Palmer. Number 19, Jonathan Mingo. Number 20, Charlie Jones. Number 21, Rakeem Jarrett. Number 22, Parker Washington. Number 23, Bryce Ford Wheaton. Number 24, Andre Eosivas. Ios- um, number 25, Jalen Cropper, number 26, Puka Nakua, number 20, and, and that's it, no, sorry, number 27, Ronnie Bell, number 28, Dante Demas Jr., number 29, Jayden uh, Hazelwood, and number 30, Trey Tucker, so those are the uh, top 30 receivers in this year's draft, in this year's draft, according to my model, uh, now let's look at where this class stacks up historically, Let's load. Come on, Google Sheets. Don't fail me now. Let's hurry. Um, so, number uh, so the, the top guy in this class is obviously Jackson Smith and Jigba. My model had him as a 94th percentile prospect, and that ranks 14th since the 2014 draft, just behind Kevin White, Cooper Cup, and Elijah Moore, uh, and just ahead of Devontae Parker, Andy Isabella, and Marquise Brown. Also, Justin Jefferson, another big name. Um, And then later down the board, we have Jordan Addison. Let me find him. So Jordan Addison ranks 27th since 2014, according to my model. That's just behind Anthony Miller, Garrett Wilson, Jameson Williams, Mike Williams, Traylon Burks, and Stevie Lamb. Uh, I know I just named a bunch of guys, but there were a bunch of big-time names there. I mean, he ranks just ahead of Jerry Judy, or he's tied with Jerry Judy, and ranks just ahead of Nikhil Harry, A.J. Brown, and Chris Olave and Will Fuller. Um, so, not bad. That's pretty good for him. And then, moving down the board a little bit, we got Quentin Johnston, who comes in at 44. Just behind James Washington, Cortland Sutton, Nelson Aguilar, and Wine Treadwell. And just ahead of Tyler Boyd, Sky Moore, and Brandon Ayuk. And then, Josh Downs comes in at 48, um, who is just behind uh, Brandon Ayuk, Sky Moore, and Tyler Boyd. But he is just ahead of uh, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr., and then Zay Flowers. Um, And Zay Flowers comes in at 51. um, And he's just behind Odell Beckham Jr. and Rashad Bateman. And just ahead of Sterling Shepard, Michael Gallup, Paul Richardson, and Michael Pittman Jr. Also, DJ Moore shows up here at 56. Um, So yeah, that is where uh, the top five receivers in this year's class stack up historically, according to my model. Um... Although this receiver class isn't elite, there's really only one elite guy, according to my model, but it's still really good, really, really deep, and I think pretty underrated based on my model's uh, prospect scores. There are a lot of above-average prospects in this year's receiver uh, receiving class, um, which is pretty good. All right, now my, now my database is, all right, here we go. It was messing up real quick. But yeah, there are, according to my model, there are eight guys, eight receivers who are, who are above average prospects, which is really good. I guess nine, if you count Cedric Tillman, who has a prospect score of 54. Um, But yeah, uh, a solid class, uh, pretty deep. Um, But yeah, my model, my model likes this uh, receiver class a decent amount. All right, now let's get into tight ends. This tight end class is pretty interesting. Um, I like it a lot. We've got a lot of great athletes let's dive in, so, according to my model, the number one tight end in this year's class is Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, great prospect, has elite production, like, his production score, uh, was 94th percentile, which is fantastic, um, he isn't an elite athlete, and that matters for tight ends, but it doesn't really matter, according to my model, because he's still a 96th percentile prospect, um, Not sure where he's going to go on draft night. He could go round one. And my model um, has his expected draft capital inside the first round. But we'll see where he gets drafted. Um, But still, elite prospect all around. He's um, a young guy with elite production. Um, Solid athletic testing, above average, um, but not elite. But still, just a great prospect all around. And then at number two, we got Dalton Kincaid from Utah. A bit of an older prospect at 23 years old. But he's got um, good athleticism. He didn't test at at the Combine or his Pro Day due to injury. But he does have elite production. And he's a good athlete on film. Like his production score was in the 95th percentile. Which is really good. Um, Just a great prospect who could also get first round draft capital. That's one of the reasons why he has such a... That's one of the reasons why he has a 95th percentile prospect score. Because of the draft capital. But also the production. Um, and my model views Mayer and Kincaid as the two clear-cut tight ends in this year's draft in a tier of their own, and it views them as elite prospects. And then at number three, we have Sam Porter from Iowa. Super underrated guy, great athlete, super productive in college. Ranks um, a ton of tackles, and he's just an awesome, awesome tight end. And I think he's super underrated, projected to go in the second round. So he's got solid draft capital. Um, he's 22 years old. Um, his pro- his production score in college was 75th percentile, which is good. He's just a, a very solid prospect with a prospect score or with a um, of 84th uh, percentile. He's got an 84th percentile prospect score, which is really good. <coughs> I right, now at number four we have Tucker Craft from South Dakota State, um, who's 22 years old, had okay production in college, I don't think anything special, yeah, like his, his production score was 60, 63rd percentile, which is solid, not great, but he is a, an awesome athlete, um, with, um, third round draft capital, um, he's, according to my model, he is a 71st percentile prospect, which is very solid, um, just a, a super solid prospect overall, and then at number five, we have Luke Musgrave, a guy who right now is projected to go in the second round, but my model doesn't love him. Um, My model is pretty low on him. He just isn't a great prospect. I don't think he was super productive in college. Yeah, his production score was 27th percentile. He is a great athlete, but the production really hurts him in my model um, and uh, gives him a a prospect score uh, in the 68th percentile. And then, uh, let me go through the rest of this, t- of, of, my models' tight end rankings. So, at number six, we got Donna Washington. Number seven, we got Will Mallor- Mallory. and number eight, we got Zach, uh, Koontz. At number nine, we got Luke Shoemaker. Number ten, Cameron Latu, um, or Cameron Lidu. and number eleven, we got Payne Durham. Number twelve, Josh Wiley. Number thirteen, Davis Allen. Number, and number fourteen, Britton Strange. So, that is um, my model's uh, rankings for the tight end class. Now, let's look at this tight end class and where it stacks up historically. All right. So, Michael Mayer and Dalton Kincaid are both inside the top 10 um, among tight end prospects since 2014, according to my model. Michael Mayer comes in at number 5 behind Jace Almaro and Eric Ebron. And then, the top two guys, Evan Ingram and Kyle Pitts. Um, but he's just ahead of Dalton Kincaid David and Joku, TJ Hogginson and Trey McBride and Dalton Kincaid is in a very similar position. he's number six um just behind Michael Mayer uh, around guys like David and TJ Hogginson and Trey McBride. Um, so both of these guys are elite tight end prospects according to my model. Uh, now let's go down a little bit and let's see um Samuelport comes in at 17. Just behind Jay Sternberger, Hunter Henry, and Noah Fant. Um, But just ahead of Hayden Hurst, O.J. Howard, Hunter Long, and Mike Chiseki. And then, let's see who's the next guy. Tucker Craft comes in at number 30. Behind Josh Oliver, Cole Komet, and Irv Smith Jr. And ahead of Johnny Smith, um, Luke Musgrave, another guy in this year's class. class. And then Pat Fryermuth and Bryson Hopkins. Luke Musgrave comes in at 32, around the same range as Tucker Kraft, and then Darnell Washington comes in at number 35. Um, He's behind Bryson Hopkins and Pat Fryermuth, but ahead of Kylan Granson, Isaiah Likely, and Devin Asi Asi. So um, my model likes this uh, tight end class, um, especially at the top. It loves the top two guys and views it as a decent class overall. Um yeah, it loves Michael Mayer and Dalton Kincaid. Alright, let me look. How long have we been going on this podcast? It feels like we've been going for a while. Not bad. Alright, let's get get back into it. And now let's look at interior offensive linemen. Waiting on my model to load real quick. Let's see. Um, alright. So we have already got it sorted. So the number one interior offensive lineman in this year's class, according to my model, is Osiris Torrens from Florida. And um, I will say my my models for the interior offensive lineman and offensive tackles are very basic. All it looks at is combine and pro day measurements, and then draft capital. So it's very simple. It relies heavily on draft capital. Um, so my model will look, uh, or my model's interior offensive line and offensive tackle rankings will look very similar to the consensus rankings. So at number one, we got Osiris um, Torrance, who was an 82nd percentile prospect. Um, he was just an okay athlete, uh, slightly above average, um, but he's getting good draft capital, probably going to be picked in either the late first round or the second round. Um, but so my model like views him as a good prospect, but not an elite one. And then at number two, we have John Michael Schmitz, another guy who's projected to go in the second round. Um, also, Osiris Torrance is an older prospect at 23 years old. So is John Michael Schmitz, who's 24 years old. Um, with John Michael Schmitz, um, another guy who is a, a good athlete, not a great one, not an elite one, um, but my model likes him better as an athlete. And honestly, they, like if, they get, if John Michael Schmitz and Osiris Torrance get similar draft capital, my model is probably going to like John Michael Schmitz more because it likes him. It likes his athleticism better, um, but right now my model um, has like an expected draft position in the first round for Osiris Torrance, but I think it's more likely that he will be a second round pick, and if he and, and, if he and John Michael Schmitz are both second round picks, I think my model will like John Michael Schmitz more. Then at number three, we got Steve Avila from TCU. A lot of people like him a lot. He's another older prospect, 23 years old, um, with um, pretty good athleticism. Um, my, mod- my model doesn't love his athleticism. I think it's he probably isn't big. No, he's a big guy. I don't know why my model doesn't love his his athleticism, because he had a good RAS score. Um, but whatever, my model likes him, has him as a 72nd percentile, uh, prospect. Um, and I don't think I mentioned John Michael Schmidt's prospect score Uh, for him. It's in the 79th percentile. And then at number four, we got Joe Tittman. Now Joe Tittman has not had his pro day yet. So his combine measurements are incomplete, but right now viewed as an average athlete, he is a 68th percentile prospect. He is projected to go in the second round. He could go in the third round, but my model um has his expected draft position in the second round, um, giving him a 68 percentile prospect score, and then at number four, at number five, we have Luke uh, Whippler from Ohio State. He is projected to go in the third round. Um, he is a 59 percentile prospect according to my model, um, and he has a really good athleticism. His RAS score was super super high. Um, if he is if he goes in the second round. Um, which I guess could happen, um, may, may be unlikely, but it could happen, if that does, my model will probably like him a decent amount, uh, but for right now, he is projected to be in, uh, a third round pick, giving him a prospect score in the 59th percentile, now let's go through the rest of the interior offensive of line rankings, at number 6, we have Jarrett Patterson, number 7, Nick Broker, number 8, um, Andrew Voorhees, and let me do some work here because my rankings are messed up a little bit all right here we go number eight Andrew Voorhees number nine Alusagood Aluwatimi. Alu Wittimi. number 10 Emil Ikior Jr number 11 Ricky Stromberg number 12 Henry Bani Body Valu, uh number 13 John Gaines number 14 Brandon Daniels number 15 Juice Scruggs number 16 McClendon Curtis Number 17, uh, and that's it. Those are all the rankings for this year's interior offensive of line class. 16 guys. Yeah. Now let's look at where this class stacks up historically. <clears throat> Come on. Alright, here we go. So um Osiris Torrance comes in at, at number 29 behind James Daniels, Xavier Sua Philo, and Will Hernandez, but just ahead of Landon Dickerson, Mitch Morris, and Elton Jenkins. A decent range of outcomes. Like, all of the guys that he is around um, were pretty good in the NFL. Um, and just really solid players, so that's good to see. Then, at number 33, we have John Michael Schmitz, um, who's right behind Elton Jenkins and, and Mitch Morse. But just ahead of Robert Hunt, Weston Richburg, and Eric McCoy. And he, he's another guy who was around around a bunch of other prospects who were pretty good in the NFL. Which is good to see. And then let's see who's next. Uh, Steve Avila comes in at number 20, or sorry, not 20, uh, 43, behind Ali Marpet and Cody Whitehair, um, just ahead of Creed Humphrey, Ethan Pochick, and Taylor Moton. Um, a lot of guys that were pretty good in the NFL. And then let's go down to Joe Titman, who was 49. Um, behind Dion Dawkins and Ed Ingram, and but ahead of AJ Cann and Luke Fortner, and then after him we have, let's see, who's the next guy? Luke Whipler, or Whipler, how, however you pronounce his last name. Um, he is at at 61 behind Kendrick Green and Jeremiah Putasi, um, but ahead of Pat Elfline and Michael Dieter and Jonah Jackson. So. Yeah, uh, my model doesn't love this interior offensive line class It um, thinks it's okay but nothing special. Now we can move on to the offensive tackle group, and this will close out this episode of the podcast, so let's uh, end it with a bang. Let's go. All right, um, and it's already sorted, so let's go ahead and get into it. So according to my model, the best offensive tackle initiatives class is Peter Skaronsky. Um, he's a guy who was projected to go in the top half of the first round. Um, he is a good athlete, um, had elite athletic testing. Um, his RES score was really good. So he's a guy who is a great athlete. He's got good draft capital. My model likes him a lot, uh, has him as an 89 percentile prospect. And number two, we have Paris Johnson Jr., who my model um, likes a decent amount. And a big reason for that is, is because of draft capital Uh, because my model is heavily dependent on that. Um, He didn't test, um, so his um, athletic testing uh, just sees him as an average athlete across the board. But still, he's getting good draft capital, so my model likes him a lot, views him as an 88th percentile prospect. And then at number three, we have uh, Broderick Jones um, from Georgia, who a lot of people love. A lot of people absolutely love Broderick Jones. Um, He is projected to be a top-20 pick, according to my model. Um, That's what his expected draft capital is. Um, He is an 82nd percentile prospect. Um, He tested extremely well this year. His RES score was elite. So he's got elite athleticism combined with um, great draft capital, making him a really strong prospect. Um, And then at number four, we got Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Another guy who people really like. Um, my model has his expected draft position in the first round, um, which, which is where he'll likely go. And my model views him as a 76 percentile prospect. He had an awesome combine this year. His, his athletic testing is great. Um, and he's getting good draft capital. So you can see why my model likes him. And then at number five, we have Dewan Jones from Ohio state. Um, he may not go in, in the first round. He could, uh, but my model has him going in the second round. Um, and he is, and, and according to my model, he is a 72nd percentile prospect. Um, did not test in the combine. So we do not have, um, or we at least don't have an RAS score. I'll say that. We don't have an RAS score, but, uh, he's a good player. I like him a lot. Did he test? Let me look. Cause my model is giving him a, a really high combine score. So let's look. RAS let's see because I did not think that DeJuan Jones tested but I could be wrong I could be incorrect I've been wrong before I've been wrong before it has happened so let's see come on let's go RES. let's go website load for me let's load you know what I can actually just check here let's see <clears throat> so, DeWan Jones, no, he didn't test, he just has great size, so all we got is size measurements, and my model loves size, so we gave him a really high combine score for that, um, but yeah, he's a guy who could slip into the first round, more than likely going to be a second round pick, but still, my model likes him a decent amount, and he's actually tied with my number six guy, who was Anton Harrison. Um, another guy who's really good, probably going to go in the second round, but could go in the first round. And he, he actually tested and he was not an elite athlete, but still a good one. Um, so we got good athleticism paired with, um, solid draft capital in the second round. Um, so it likes him. And now we'll go through the rest of my models rankings. So in number seven, we got Cody Mock. Number eight, Matthew Bergeron. Number nine, Tyler Steen. Number 10, Jalen Duncan. Number 11, Blake Freeland. Number 12, Juania Morris. Number 13, Ryan Hayes. Number 14, Jackson Kirkland. Number 15, Carter Warren. Number 16, Warren McClendon. Number 17, Connor Galvin. Number 18, Nick Salavary. Um And that's it. Those are the 18 guys um, in my model. Um, now let's look at where this class stacks up historically. Let's go. <clears throat> Alright, so number one in this year's class was Peter Skoronsky and he falls in at number 17, so according to my model, he is the 17th best tackle prospect since 2014, just behind Rashawn Slater, Laramie Tunzel, and Judge Rick Wills, um, j- but just ahead of Charles Cross, Paris Johnson, who's in this year's class, and Tristan Wirfs, and then Paris Johnson is at 19, behind Charles Cross. Rashawn Slater, Peter Skronski, um, but ahead of Tristan Wirfs, Andrews Peep, and Colton Miller, and then, uh, scrolling down a little bit, <clears throat> we got Broderick Jones at 34, behind Jawan James, Trevor Penning, and Alex Leatherwood, um, but, but ahead of Garrett Moles, uh, Cedric Ogbway, and Titus Howard, and then scrolling down a little bit more, we have Darnell Wright at 43, uh, behind DJ Humphreys, Isaiah Will or Isaiah Wynn and Tyler Smith. But ahead of Isaiah Wilson, Caleb McGarry and Donovan Smith. <clears throat> and then we have two guys of Nisha's class who are tied. We got Dewan Jones at 48 and Anton Harrison at 49. Both of those guys are behind Ryan Ramchek, Donovan Smith, and Caleb McGarry. But ahead of Cam Robinson, uh, Tevin Jenkins and Jawan Taylor. And those are where the top five tackles in this year's class stack up historically. So my model likes this tackle class. Excuse me. It doesn't view anyone as like any elite prospect, but it seems like a few really good prospects, um, and it likes the class overall. But yeah, those are the results of my model. Um, and those are my model's rankings for all of the offensive positions in this year's draft. Um, I thought the rankings came out pretty well. Uh, I thought there were some interesting results. But yeah, um, that's it for today's episode. If you want to see more content from me, you can check out my website at thewiresports.com. You can also follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at the Ryan McCrary. And that's V-R-Y-A-N-M-C-C-R-A-R-Y. But yeah, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Uh, I will be back soon. Uh, talking and going through my models results for this year's class for all defensive positions and that'll be fun Um, and and I'll have a lot more draft content coming your way in the next coming weeks because the draft is almost here I'm excited and I hope you are as well Um, and like I mentioned I hope you enjoyed this episode but that's it and I will see y'all next time peace